The Sixers-Pelicans game gets postponed, so we open up the mailbag. We are taking questions from the listeners. Joel Embiid in fourth quarters, the signing of Miles Powell, and more from you. Plus, we chat with John Corrales of Locked On Celtics as the Sixers prepare to take on the Celtics in Boston on Monday. That's right now. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sixers on this beautiful Monday. I am your host, Serena Winters, former Sixers sideline reporter, serving up content to Sixers fans. Don't forget to follow, like, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Serena Winters. And thank you so much to everyone who's been leaving five-star reviews and dropping questions in the review. Today, when we get into the mailbag, the questions I have are from you, the listeners, from reviews from Twitter, from Instagram. Can't wait to get into it. We truly appreciate you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Plus, we've got great sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. It's showtime, baby. Man, it feels like deja vu. Every time I get a notification on my phone, somebody new has entered health and safety protocols. I mean, it's crazy. Over 60 players, according to Baxter Holmes of ESPN, have entered health and safety protocols over just the past six days. We're not talking about the whole season, just the past six days. And so now we are seeing some postponements of games and the 76ers Pelicans game being one of them, one of five games canceled over the weekend. Now, look, Shake Milton and Andre Drummond, they both entered health and safety protocols. They are now the sixth and seventh players to go into the protocols. You remember when Joel Embiid went in, Tobias Harris, you know, Isaiah Joe, Matisse Thibel. And because Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, and Danny Green all have some injuries and they were listed as questionable, and then you have George Niang being in health and safety protocols for COVID, and then you have reserve guard Furkan Korkmaz remaining out with a non-COVID illness, And because the Sixers also couldn't get some of their G League guys back because they were in the G League showcase in Las Vegas, the Sixers did not have the mandatory eight players to be able to suit up and play against New Orleans. So that is why the Sixers game was postponed. The other games that were postponed on Sunday were the Denver at Brooklyn game. Remember, the Sixers played Brooklyn just three days before all this started to go down. So, I mean, this this is going to be tough, guys. And then the Cleveland at Atlanta game, that was also postponed. I remember Trey Young going into health and safety protocols as well. And Cleveland, whether it's the NBA or the NFL, Cleveland just having a bunch of issues with COVID right now. And on Monday, the Orlando at Toronto game also postponed. And on Tuesday, the Washington at Brooklyn game also postponed. Remember, again, Brooklyn, 
just ravaged with COVID-19 issues. So look, we don't know what is going to happen with the season, with games continuing to be postponed. All we can hope is things get better, but like you guys, it, this has been tough to deal with this week. There are also two Chicago Bulls games postponed last week. Now, against Boston on Monday, I'm sure some listening are thinking like, okay, well, if the Sixers had their game postponed on Sunday, how can they be ready to play on Monday? Well, we are talking with John Corrales of Locked On Celtics later in the show. And one of the reasons the Sixers, as of right now, should be able to go is because the Sixers G League guys who were in Las Vegas for the G League showcase are now on a plane to get back and make it in time. So if no additional players go into the protocols and then you have Reed, you've got Henry, you've got two-way signee Miles Powell, all of those guys returning from Vegas. By the way, we're going to get into Miles Powell because that is one of the questions on the mailbag. Then the Sixers would have those eight players that they need. If no other of the guys are even listed as questionable, they should be good for Monday. Okay, it is time to open up the mailbag. Thank you so much for everyone who sent questions in. The first Sixers question is, why is Joel Embiid the Sixers closer in almost every game when his clutch time field goals and field goal percentage is only average? His fourth quarter points scored are also very average compared to NBA leaders in that category. Well, thank you for the question on Twitter. I appreciate it, but... Joel Embiid is actually the number one player in the league this year in scoring and clutch time. Number one. He actually has 5.8 points per game in clutch time. Remember, clutch time is the game is within a five-point point differential within the five minutes. So 5.8 points per game in clutch time for Joel Embiid, that is nearly a full point above number two. Number two is LeBron James. So he's also got a 50% field goal percentage in clutch time. The only player to have a better field goal percentage in clutch time than Joel Embiid is Nikola Jokic. And Jokic averages 2.9 field goal attempts per game. Joel averages four. So uh, I'm not sure exactly where the information is coming from that Joel Embiid's stats are average in clutch time, but they're simply inaccurate. Joel also gets to the line more than any other player in the NBA in clutch time. So, look, there is a reason he is the closer. The numbers state it. Yes, he could use more help, but he should be the closer, and he is the closer, and that is the question answered. Okay, we've got a lot more to get to coming up in the mailbag, so do not go anywhere. We are also going to talk about the Sixers' new contract player, Miles Powell. I'm curious how much you know about him, both from a standpoint of his background, he was born in Jersey, but also his skill set. So we will talk about that. But first... Let me tell you about Truebill. 
Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It is a business scam. It is out to get you. Do not let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. Hey, I'm not I'm not embarrassed to admit I have gone to my credit card statement and realized for four months I had been I had been charged a fee, a monthly fee that I did not realize I was being charged because I signed up for some free trial and didn't cancel it. So this app can help. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnMBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnMBA. It could save you thousands a year. That's Truebill.com slash LockedOnMBA. Thanks for making Locked On Sixers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So this question comes from Instagram asking me to talk about the signing of Miles Powell. Okay, so Sunday, the Sixers added Miles Powell to their roster. It's a two-way contract. And on Sunday night, he was posting photos to his Instagram account in a private jet on his way to the Sixers. So he will be available for Monday night's Sixers game in Boston. So how much do you know about him? Let me tell you a little bit about him, both from a background standpoint, and then we'll get into his skill set and what you can expect if we do see him out there on the floor. If you haven't watched him in the G League, because he's been in the G League the past couple of years. Okay, so Powell is 24 years old. And while he was born in New Jersey, he played high school ball at three different schools in Connecticut. He played college ball four years at Seton Hall, averaged 17.5 points, 3.3 rebounds, 2.3 assists, and 1.3 steals per game. He was actually the 2019-2020 Big East Player of the Year as a senior, and he finished his college career Seton Hall's third all-time leading scorer. Not bad, right? But he was in the unfortunate category of college basketball players that, because of the pandemic, did not get to participate in the NCAA tournament. And because of that, you know, I mean, think about if you kind of are more of like a casual basketball, college basketball fan, and you're watching during March Madness, you know, that's when a lot of times these guys get names and get recognized. So that might be one of the reasons why If you don't know too much about Miles, keep that in mind. So he went undrafted in 2020, and then he signed a deal with the New York Knicks, and he played for their G League affiliate. That's the Westchester Knicks. And his numbers in the G League were pretty similar to those high school numbers, although his assist numbers were up. But the biggest difference, and this is important to note because this is important to the Sixers if he gets playing time, is that he did up his three-point percentage over 8% from his college days. So he actually finished 44.6% from three in his first G League season, which is really good. It actually ended up being the best mark of any player in the G League with at least 80 attempts from beyond the arc. So as we'll get to in a second, let's just get into that part of it now. He can score right? Like that is his skill set. He can score, he can create his own shot. 
You, if you watch him in the G League, he can come off screens, and he is not afraid to shoot threes. He attempted 6.4 per game in the G League. So those are his strengths. Concern-wise, defensively is probably my biggest concern. He is a little undersized, not incredibly explosive, but those are some of the things that I'll be looking out for if he does get playing time. But again, if he can come in and just score and knock down threes, then he can find himself useful and get minutes, especially on a roster right now that is just ravaged by a lot of different injury and illness situations. Uh, Fun note, he is a Philly fan through and through. Back in 2020, he told the New Jersey Advance media that his favorite football team is the Eagles, baseball team uh, was the Phillies, and that he wanted to be like the answer because that's who he grew up watching. And he also said back then that playing for the Sixers would be a dream come true for him. So I'm sure we will find out more about him as he takes the court for the Sixers. But it is a neat story for you know a hometown kid that grew up 30 minutes from the arena to be able to play for the Sixers. Definitely happy for him. And thank you so much for the question. Really appreciate it. A personal question. This one came in on Instagram. Have you ever accidentally re-gifted a present to the person that gave it to you? I have not. I have not to my knowledge. If you have, though, I would love to uh, hear your story. Definitely, definitely let me know. I have not re-gifted a gift in quite some time. Maybe when I was in high school, something like that, you get something, you know, from your aunt or your grandma, and I don't know, you, you re-gifted in one of those gift exchanges or white elephant gifts. I'm sure I've definitely done that, but I cannot say that I have re-gifted a present that gave it to the person that gave it to me. Okay, this one comes in from Tony, who writes in, how can Doc determine rotation in minutes when the available personnel is so fluid? How does that play into trade scenarios? Tony, thank you so much for the question on Twitter. It's certainly a fair question. And I think we're seeing that play into a little bit with Doc Rivers and switching up the starting lineup, as an example, right, with Matisse Thibel and Danny Green. It is difficult for any coach to deal with this, but all coaches are dealing with it right now. So if anything, there is some solace and it's leveling the playing field a little bit because so many different coaches are dealing with it. But the interesting part that you ask, I think, Tony, is the part where you say, how does that play that play into trade scenarios? Well, I think that because of it, Tyrese Maxey, just got a lot more valuable than he has ever been, right? Like if he was not given his place in the rotation and the minutes because of the lack of personnel, he would not be as valuable as he currently is in a trade. Same thing for Matisse. If you are a team that is strictly looking for a defensive role player, as an example, his value, in my opinion, has gone up. Not everyone's has. I think that if you are watching Tobias Harris in these lineups and seeing how much he has been struggling, I think you could say or argue that Tobias val- Tobias Harris's value, because of what's going on right now, you could say that his value has decreased. So maybe it's less likely to find a good trade for him. So I think those are the things that I think about when 
you asked the question about how the rotation and minutes play into different trade scenarios. Okay, let me look at the time here to see if we have time for any more. I think we have time for one more before I get to John Corrales. Let's see. Do the Sixers need a veteran point guard to be successful, or can they rely on Maxi to shoulder the starter role? It's a great question. I don't think that the Sixers can rely on this roster as constructed with Maxi in the starting point guard role. I think that from what we've seen this season, there is not enough talent as a whole on this team. I think best case scenario is Maxi gets a ton of minutes. The Sixers find a great trade for Ben Simmons, a guy that does have more experience than Tyrese Maxi, and can see the offense and work with Joel Embiid a little bit better than Maxi, can create off the ball and can play defense. And Tyrese Maxey still gets a ton of minutes. And he can shine in the role that he has this season. So I do think that the Sixers need more, in my opinion. Okay, coming up, John Corrales, Locked On Celtics, joins the podcast. We will talk about both teams and the Sixers taking on Boston on Monday night. But first, let me tell you about Bilt Bar. Built Bar is, let me just tell you, delicious and healthy, amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, fat, and it is high in protein. And the flavors, oh, the flavors are so many good ones. Peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, raspberry, cookies and cream. The list goes on and on. And you've heard me talk about it. I get sick of one flavor. I like to get a mixture of them. And I keep them with me wherever I go. Gotta have fuel, especially during the holiday season. You know, being around, gotta go to the grocery store, you're a little cranky, you're in the car, you need a snack. Snack on a built bar. And hey, why don't you put a few built bars in some stockings? I love my stockings filled with snacks. So try it out. Go to built.com, use promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. BetOnline has you covered all season more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. For the final segment of today's show, John Corrales of Locked On Celtics and myself do a little crossover segment. I hope you enjoy. All right, Serena Winters, new host of Locked On Sixers. First of all, welcome to the network. Love having you on here. This is great. This is great. Glad to be here, especially talking with a uh, Celtics podcaster. <laughs> with the Sixers playing the Celtics. And, you know, we've got a little bit of history back and forth. Yeah, a little, a little bit. bit. 
a little bit. My, I, I've said this to, I think I've said this on the podcast a couple of times. My favorite setting to watch a game is Celtic Sixers in Philly because the hate is so strong. And it's like just feeling like I, being in that building is palpable. Like Sixers fans hate the Celtics so much. And I'm like, this is so cool. Like it's, it really is. Like it, it does rival to me the garden because everybody's supposed to be at, you know, cheer for the Celtics in the garden. It's hearing that just vitriol pouring out of, out of the fans in Philly. I'm like, this is such a great environment. Um, so, but uh, I have to wait for that one. This game is supposed to be, supposed to be. Supposed to be. We will see. Monday night. Uh, at this rate, I think you and I are going to be jumping center. Uh, <laughs> they don't want that. No, nobody wants that. Want that. But, no. uh, but that we're, we're like close to that. The Celtics just added a seventh, an eighth person to. You guys have eight now. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm sorry, seven. Grant, okay. Broderick Thomas, Josh Richardson's in, Jabari, two. Yeah, it's seven now. Plus three questionables. So the Celtics might not have a, a roster, uh, a team. Uh, what? Are, how are the Sixers looking? You know, the Sixers are looking kind of like the Celtics are at the moment. Um, Shake Milton, Andre Drummond are both in health and safety protocols. They're the sixth and seventh players now to have entered health and safety protocols at some point for the Sixers. But on top of that, injuries-wise, you have Joel Embiid, who was questionable with ankle soreness. Tyrese Maxey has this quad contusion. He didn't play against Brooklyn. He was questionable. Danny Green has this hip soreness, questionable. Then you've got George Niang in health and safety protocols. And they have Furkan Korkmaz, who is in has an illness, but it's supposedly a non-COVID illness. And then the other issue for the Sixers, John, is that because there's G League guys, I don't know if you guys are dealing with this, that are in the G League showcase down in Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, they couldn't bring anybody up for Sunday night's game. Uh, so maybe some of those guys get on a PJ, like Paul Reed, you know, and some of the G League guys, and right. get there in time for Boston. Um, but what about, do you guys think that you'll be able to play on Monday night? I, I think so because they'll, I think, I think Tatum's just on there because of whatever. Um, it's a left ankle sprain. They say he, he finished the game. He looked fine. Schroeder has a non, non COVID illness that kept him out. I think by upgrading him to questionable, I think he's probably going to play. And Langford got elbowed on top of the head, and it became neck soreness. So I think he's going to – I don't know. I don't know what to think about him. If he's out, that's eight, and that leaves nine, and so that's enough. It's enough. But, all you need is eight. All you, all need, you is need is eight. eight. I remember uh, when the Sixers had seven last year for one game, but they did not postpone the game because the reason they had seven was because Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons both didn't play, but they were not on the injury report. So the league ended up fining them because they did not have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons on the injury report. And they had Mike Scott injured on the bench but made him their eighth, and that was how they were able to play. Right. So that was a weird game scenario last year. <laughs> this is this is so weird. And, like, the Sixers, I mean, here, here are the Sixers. This is, a, this is a big season for the Sixers. This is supposed to be, like, everybody at preseason said, okay, it's going to be Philly, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn as your top three, anointed top three. And now, uh, not so much. So what's, what's the feeling 
in Philly. I mean, you're right there, 15 and 15 with the Celtics. They're tied now. Uh, Celtics got that win against Philly before. G- give us the, the Philly perspective here of like, what, what's what's the vibe, I guess? The vibe is that Joel needs help. The vibe is that this Sixers team as constructed is not good enough and that until a trade is made for Ben Simmons, what we're seeing with the Sixers right now is who this team is. And frankly, it's just not talented enough to go through the expectations that are currently on this team. And I think, you know, you watch the team and you're just, you just keep getting reminded that the Sixers need to make a trade because Joel cannot do it all. I mean, this is a team where you've got one of the best big men in the NBA and they're literally sitting last in rebounding. Like literally, you, right. you would, would you ever think that a team with Joel Embiid would be dead last in rebounding? You know, this is a team that's dead last in pace because they used to have Ben Simmons running up and down the floor. I mean, it's just, it's just not enough talent right now, John. Yeah. And, and you know, I look at, I look at the Sixers and I, I, I'm like everybody else. I wonder what's going on with the Simmons thing. And I wonder if, if Daryl Morey is, is doing the right thing, um, holding out the way he has, um, I, I don't know if that's like, I thought maybe it might galvanize the team, but then he came back and, and I, I really think that he's trying to torpedo what the, the, the team and, and trying to force, force their hand. Um, but I think this is taking a toll. I mean, is, is this taking a toll on Joel Embiid? Because, he came in thinking like, you know, he wanted to be an MVP and, and and play all these games, it felt like. And then all of a sudden it's it's become very clear that they you cannot push him too hard. I mean, all I can say is that if I were in Joel Embiid's shoes, if I were him, it would take a toll on me. Because this is a guy who I would expect comes into the season thinking that this can potentially be a year that they win, especially after how they got bounced out in game seven against Atlanta this year. They came out last year. They came out this year, thought they'd have something to really prove. And Joel, who knows how many years he has left. We all know the injury history, and we all know that every year the Sixers are going to have to deal with injuries for him. So, you know, I can't tell you how he feels. I can tell you how I would feel if I were in his position, and that would be me being frustrated. But, John, I'm curious with Boston on your side of things as well, how, what is the vibe then around the Celtics? You know, it's funny. From the outside, I think there are, there's a lot of frustration from fans. I think on the inside, there's there's not quite that level of frustration. Um, you know, you've got Ime Udoka coming in and, and and trying to change a lot. And he's trying to change a lot of habits. And we saw it in that last game against the Knicks where things seemed to be going great. And then in the third quarter, they fell apart. They relax. They get lazy. They They don't they don't follow through. They don't really put together full consistent games as often as they should. And I think Emei gets frustrated and he, you know, the story coming out of that game is that he, he lit into the team during one timeout. And that was kind of like the catalyst. And, you know, Josh Richardson afterwards was saying like, he said in the locker room, Hey, I don't want to have to do that all the time. And Josh was like, no, we needed that. And that's almost like a flashpoint for, for the Celtics there. Uh, Ime is trying to change some real bad habits about relaxing and feeling good about themselves. And he says things like they're getting too cute. So I, I think, I think it's going better than it has earlier this season, but he's trying to teach them a new defense. He's trying to teach them, you know, how to, to, uh, how he wants the offense to, to run and pop like the old San Antonio Spurs days, like the golden state warriors do 
to an extent. So he's he's got a lot on his plate. And I think Celtics fans are frustrated because you you think, hey, new coach, new attitude, let's go. You want immediate uh, results. And and he's he's playing a long game. And you're trying to get Jason Tatum to be a facilitator and a guy who makes his teammates better. And it, it's it's not happening overnight. And, and I think the Celtics have a good perspective. The team seems to have a good perspective. But outside, you know, the, the noise from the outside is certainly loud. Um, let's let's look at what, what what do the Sixers need? You know, it's 30 games in. We're, you know, more than a third of the way through here. What do the Sixers just need to do to get back on track? I mean, I just told you. They need to trade. I mean, they can get back on track and win some games. Um, as simple as coming out and and – just playing with more competitive fire. I mean, the problem is, is you're playing against the past few teams that have been completely ravaged by COVID. Like their last game against the Nets. I get it. They have Kevin Durant, arguably the best player in the NBA, and he's going to get his own. But the Sixers, the first half, didn't even look competitive out there. And that part of it is disheartening. I mean, transition defense, something as simple as getting back. Like, I'm not talking about Ime Udoka defensive schemes and changing the defense of the Sixers. Right. I'm just talking about getting back on defense, right? Those types of things. But at the same time, John, this team has had so many injuries and in health and safety protocols. It's also like, what do these rotations even look like? Like, what does this team even look like? Right. Um, so it's... It's just a really, really weird season so far, John. <laughs> I want I wanted to do this crossover because I thought we were gonna, you know, have a game to talk about. And we're we're both our teams are in such disarray. Like I know. It, it's so it's so like I, I, I thought Celtics Sixers was gonna be like three, four seed. Exactly. Like, like this is supposed to be a battle. And this is just like a battle now to just can can so can one of us get on track? Like this is the battle of somebody please do something. You know, right. poke, poke him with a stick. Do something. At the end of the day, you know, one of one of us will write, or one of the writers will write, this team X. I don't know if it's the Sixers or the Celtics. This team gets back on track against yeah. the Celtics or against the Sixers, right? Like yeah. that's going to be the storyline of Monday night if the teams get to play. We'll see. Uh, obviously, we'll be listening to Lockdown Sixers, Lockdown Sixers, Lockdown Celtics for a reaction to the game that may or may not be playing. <laughs> Serena, thank you for hopping on for a couple minutes. Thanks for making Locked On Sixers your first listen every day. That's going to do it for today's episode. Why don't you make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. And hey, guess what? You know the drill. We'll see you tomorrow.